Hi, my name is Deborah Ogden and I would like to welcome you to On Brand With. Through this podcast, I want to bring you into my world of personal brand and impact and hopefully bring it to life through the experiences of me and my guests. Over the coming episodes, I will talk to a range of people I know and admire and ask them about the different ways they use their personal brand, the positive benefits it can bring and what best practice looks like in the real world. My guest today needs a little introduction if you hail from Yorkshire, my home county. You may even have invited him into your living room on a regular basis over the years. He has been described as a broadcasting legend and is fondly known as Mr Yorkshire. He is Harry Gration, former presenter of BBC Look North for 38 years. Now, he has presented many iconic shows over the years, including Grandstand and Sports Night. He has been recognised with many awards, including his MBE in 2013. And over his four decades as the face of Look North, he has covered every major news story in the region, including interviewing every Prime Minister since Margaret Thatcher. The list of people he has spoken to and interviewed over the years is absolutely fascinating. And we touch on some of those today. But today we also chat about family life. We talk about what it's been like since he left the BBC back in October 2020 and watch what the future holds for Mr Yorkshire and there's certainly no mention of the word retirement. Well thank you so much Harry for chatting to me today and it would have been so lovely to do it in the same room, wouldn't it? Over a cup of coffee Definitely. like we originally planned. But here we are on Zoom and, uh, well, technology isn't my forte, but I can certainly chat and I think you can too. So we're on safe ground now. So um, my, my first, I suppose my first thing is, how, how's lockdown in the Gratian household? Well, it's not easy, if I'm honest, uh, because uh, my wife... Uh, is the owner of four children's nurseries so she in this particular scenario is having to really uh, work very very hard to keep her nurseries open because there are so many uh, government hoops to uh, jump through understandably because of coronavirus and the implications it has for her staff as well um, uh, even this morning she's had to close one of the baby rooms because uh, one of the staff has gone down with um, coronavirus so uh, that uh, makes the logistically uh, the household a bit of a nightmare at times but she's well on top of that we've also got a little one of course who's 15 months old and uh, he needs all of our attention so he's a, oblivious to the world about what's going on um, but it's frustrating because I've had quite a few uh, things that I was supposed to have done uh, in the last few weeks and they've all been cancelled, obviously, because of coronavirus. Yeah. yeah. And how is uh, how was Christmas? How was Hamilton's Christmas? Did he have a fabulous time? 
He did. Of course, he's a bit too young to really appreciate uh, anything about it. But there were one or two boxes that arrived, and all he did was climb into the boxes. That's all he was interested in. What was in the box is irrelevant. It's uh, it's amazing, isn't it? How little ones will have a bit of a, a wrapping paper <laughs> and a box to climb in, and they've got the best Christmas present in the world. Absolutely. How many times I know when Oscar, our son, was younger. You know, the the pan, the saucepans upside down for uh, <laughs> drums exactly. or um, <laughs> all sorts of different, and they're creative even in that at that age, aren't they? they can find Very a way so. to play. Very much so. Absolutely. I would have thought that's um would have thought it's kept you on your toes then since... Uh... Oh, definitely kept me on, a, on our toes, yes, very much so. But we're very lucky. We've got twin boys as well who are, are doing their uh, mock A-levels wow. at the moment, but they're brilliant with him. And uh, so, so even they've had the problems as well because they're doing their mock A-levels from home. They started yesterday and they've got them all this week. So um, it, it has ramifications throughout the, the whole of the generations in this yeah, house. Yeah, absolutely. So will they be impacted by the decision to stop exams this time? <clears throat> yes, we think so. I mean, I'm very lucky because both of them are very uh, single-minded as to what they want to do and where they want to go. Fortunately, with Harrison, uh, who's a, a very talented singer, he's got into the Royal uh, uh, College of Music. Uh, he's been accepted so he is really, really elated on that. That was something that was beyond his wildest dreams. And Harvey's getting uh, offers from all different universities, but he's making his decision uh, a little later on. He's just waiting for a couple more to come through. So not following in your footsteps? I don't know. Harvey might do, actually. I think he's quite keen on the idea. Um, uh, I'm less enthusiastic of him doing that, but um, uh, that's his call, and he's got a long time to be able to make that decision, I think, whether he wants to be a... Uh, a performing seal, as I call myself, <laughs> or whether he wants to do something else. It's interesting, isn't it? Um, I mean, much has been written about you and said about you in the last few, well, over the years, but particularly since your, uh, I was going to say your retirement, but you're quite clear not to use the word retirement, <laughs> I've noticed, but since leaving Look North <laughs> and um, how the how the role of journalism broadcasting has changed in the time since. I mean, as you know, I'm married to a broadcaster and even in the time mm. that Paul's been involved, it's a very, very different career these days, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And it's. Uh, if I was honest with you, I'm not sure I would have uh, survived being a presenter in the current way that things are, are being uh, um, put through. You know, I think people... Uh, and managers and BBC are wanting different kind of people to to be their presenter. So I suspect I probably wouldn't have been in this situation anyway. Uh, I didn't look for pre for presenting; it just came my way, and and then obviously I did it for thirty odd years uh, and loved it because it was the way that uh, I managed to connect with people. But it has changed dramatically. Um, the worry I have is that with Zoom the way that we're doing this particular interview, that might become the norm for Look North. And there's also suggestions that journalists will have to go out on their mobile phones and not with a specialist camera crew to come back with pieces. Now, I've always believed in quality, uh, and as long as the quality can be maintained, that's fair. But I, I just don't really feel comfortable about one or two of the ways that the future looks for uh, television news and uh, for Look North in particular. Absolutely. And I think, you know, one thing that we've learned, I've certainly felt during the pandemic yeah. when, you know, we've, we've experienced these cutbacks, particularly in regional BBC, but 
I do think that the BBC has played an incredible role during the pandemic and again they've stepped up this week haven't they with education for children um, uh, with the homeschooling but for me the beauty of regional television and I think this is what look north I don't know if I'm biased and I'm not a Yorkshire girl actually I've, I've come over the Pennines <laughs> um, but I do think whenever we go on holiday elsewhere in the country look north do it so so well and there is that wonderful connection with the local people telling human stories yeah yeah I think it's true is that and also the program is different if you look at uh, some of the regional programs up and down the country there isn't much light and shade as I call it Uh, whereas we always used to have the what we call the 10 to 7 moment really where we change gear and we try to have a couple of uh, items that repeal to Uh, the culture, the history of uh, Yorkshire and have a bit of fun because, you know, one of the great joys of of doing Look North has been the rapport that existed between the presenters and obviously Paul and Keeley, um, uh, the the weather people. Uh, And we we, we miss that, you know, that's something that I miss. I'll be honest with you, I haven't watched a single edition of Look North since I've left, Uh, not out of any fit of peak or anything like that. I just thought, well, no, I just don't need to see it at the moment. It's rather like, you know, if you've worked in Boots the Chemist all your life, you don't go back and um, go back into the store the day after you've re- uh, retired. So I-, I will watch it as and when I need to, but I- I'm not uh, particularly in need of, of, of regional news at the moment, if I'm honest. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm not in, in need of any news at the moment with what's being put out there. No, covid Covid's terrible. It's depressing. It is. And what's happening out in the States and certainly when I've been working with clients, you know, Mm. talking about mindset and keeping people positive. I think steering away from the news as best as possible at times can be a help because it is so dark, isn't it? Oh, it is. And it's, um, you know, if if you're getting 30 minutes, and this is what the BBC has to do regionally, I'm not criticising it for for doing that, but... um, uh, there's only so much COVID information people can take. Uh, all, all I can say is that the people stop me in the street in York regularly and say, you know, when can we have a bit of fun again? Well, as I say, it's not my call anymore. I'm not involved. I'm uh, I'm the old guy that they got rid of. So uh, it, it's just one of those things. I think that chemistry, though, uh, between you and, and Amy, I was saying before we came on in preparation for this, I, I re-watched your final show last night and... Uh, <laughs> had the box of tissues by me it was still emotional <laughs> second time round but i think that wonderful connection you had with your your colleagues um was perhaps part of what made uh, look north so special and, and maybe the longevity of your career was that something you had to really work on that charisma uh, not not really in one sense no because you, you can only um really make it work if if the the people that you're working with want to make it work there's always people watching the television who don't want jocularity on the program they want straight news thankfully they are few and far between because i have to be honest with you that of all the pieces that we've uh, ever done um, on look north it's always the one and the fun that we have at the end of the show that matters. They're not bothered about the brilliant journalism that may have been indicative from, from the, the top of the programme. They want the laugh with Paul at the end, uh, and they want to see us being human um, and doing the kind of things that 
we do uh, off the cuff from uh, from time to time. Uh, and I, I, I'm pretty certain that that will return when when normality is restored. But um, I, I think from what I've gathered, it's the one thing that the people want more than anything at the moment. They do need a bit of a laugh. They do need cheering up because um, everywhere you go, it's a depressing situation. It is. And I think that rapport but also the rapport with your colleagues but that rapport you seem to have with your audience I mean I wonder how you manage to go out maybe for a walk or do you get stopped every few minutes yeah I do yeah yeah I do especially at the moment actually when I go into York uh, a lot of people uh, coming up and they're still saying very nice things about you know what I what I did um, uh, over the nearly 40 years at Look North uh, and it was just uh, it's just a very touching uh, realization to know that these people regard you as as a friend um you're not just somebody on the television they invite you into their uh, room every night or they don't invite you uh, they switch you off or they turn you on it's as simple as that um and it's been a wonderful experience as that and it's something that I will never forget but I, I I've got to the point where I don't need uh recognition uh, I don't need to be um, remembered as the guy in off television. I don't need that anymore. Um, I'm, I'm very happy just to get on with my life and uh, and be quiet because I, I won't be doing news again, almost certainly. Um, I will be doing various things, but, but certainly uh, doing day-to-day news is not something that I would even think yeah. about. And there will have been, and again, I know this from personal experience, there will have been sacrifices that you've had to make over the years, maybe holidays or the number of weddings mm. that I've been to on my own because <laughs> Paul's been at mm. a football match or, or somewhere else. So there are sacrifices that the whole family have to make, aren't there? So it must be lovely to be able to make those choices yourself now. Yeah, I've got one or two things that I really want to do now. Uh, and I'm certainly going to go and watch much more cricket, which is my passion. I'm going to go and watch Yorkshire, hopefully next season, quite a lot. I'm going to go up and down the country to watch them um, for a few matches. Um, uh, I'm, I'm going to play golf uh, a lot more. Uh, and I've got quite a few charities that are very, very important to me to try and make sure that we... Uh, you know, we, we try and give something back because it's the main thing that I want to do now. I've had a good career. I've been very lucky. But I've got one or two charities that do need some help, especially at the moment. Um, uh, and in your neck of the woods, actually, forget me not, yeah. Hospice uh, in Huddersfield is, uh, is desperate to try and uh, keep the momentum going for the wonderful work that they do. So I'm an ambassador for them. Um, I'm also ambassador for a, a very significant charity in, in, in Sheffield. Um, which looks after children who've got severe um, disabilities um, and trying to raise money for them as well. So even those two alone are very significant jobs and there's another half a dozen that I could relate to as well. Absolutely, and they're all in such dire need at the moment, aren't they? They are, Absolutely. Um, You're saying about the cricket, so uh, is cricket your sport? Yeah, yeah, my number one sport is cricket. I love watching it. Um, uh, I'll I'll go anywhere to watch a cricket match. Um, uh, but but I'm, I'm I think I'm looking forward more than anything to watching my my son play cricket this year if he's allowed to because he's he's captain of his school cricket team as I was so uh, like father like son so that's something I'm looking forward to. The truth of the matter is, I don't know whether they're going to get much school cricket. Um, I really don't know how the, the bubble will work in in that regard and. 
And all you've got to do is look at the way that things are panning out at the moment to realise that certainly the next few weeks are going to be such a test for everybody. And will it, will it sort itself out the next three to four months? I doubt it. I think we'll be talking about September, October before some kind of normality returns. I'm yeah, I, I think many families will be thinking the same. But for us, we've said in our household, I mean, uh, we've been very lucky, touch wood, that we've not been directly impacted by anybody. Uh, we haven't lost anybody in the family or anybody who's been ill. But um, the one thing that we've really missed has been Oscar's grassroots football and his cricket exactly and yeah. it, it yeah. brings us together as a family especially if Paul's mm. working on a Saturday and um, that impacts on on your whole life and and for me I mean I was at my first cricket match at three weeks old because my dad played and then my <laughs> brother played and I just think it is such um, a wonderful sport isn't it mm. yeah it is yeah um, I, I, I'm involved with Scarborough Cricket Club as I have been for many many years so I love going to Scarborough um, I, I, I'm not a great fan of watching county championship matches at Headingley because it's such a big arena and there's so few people in it um, so I won't be going there maybe that often um, but for test matches there's no place like Headingley for me so it's a uh, a bit of a strange thing. I, I like one form of cricket there, but I don't like another form of cricket there. I like to get to the grassroots grounds. That's what I like Absolutely. to do. Absolutely. I know, because we've got, is it England, India at Headingley, I think, in August, isn't it? Is that right, this mm. year? So yeah. let's. Yeah, I think, I think it is. I yes. think it is. Yeah, I know that they're, they're going to Sri Lanka at the moment, mm. aren't they? They're playing out there. Uh, I think it's India. Yes. So uh, we'll see what, and also um, a friend of mine has got uh, some tickets for a Lord's Test yeah. match in July so I don't know which one that will be yet we should yeah. see I just um, it's interesting because uh, for, for many years I worked I don't know if I should say this quietly but I worked at Old Trafford as their media media manager and uh, had, had okay. always been a football fan had always been to watch Manchester United but there's something about cricket I don't know that it, I don't know if it's the, the uh, length of the game and even though We've got the shortened form now to try and attract younger audience. I just think there is nothing better than a fabulous test match. And having seen the rise of Ben Stokes and such people, and Joe Root and Johnny Best, all these people coming through, I think it's such an attraction for young young sports people. Yeah, it is. And it doesn't get the um, publicity it deserves, cricket. And this is why I'm... Uh, optimistic if it's allowed to get underway for the new 100 mm. competition because that's going to be on terrestrial television and uh, that if it works the way we think it will work it's going to be amazing because you've only got to look at things like the big yeah. bash uh, or in india and uh, australia and 2020 cricket over there is massive and we really ought to have the same kind of uh, ability to be able to do that over here so i'm looking forward to seeing that uh, test match cricket and county championship cricket so uh, it, it, my summer's full I just hope I'm allowed to go and watch okay. them so you've got to find time for the golf as well I'll play a bit of golf as well yes I will <laughs> we won't be seeing you at the wicket no I don't think I'll be playing uh, uh, much although I've been asked to play in a few matches strangely <clears throat> I've been asked to do some umpiring okay. uh, at local level which I quite fancy doing really because one of the things that uh, local clubs struggle with is to try and get an umpire to turn up and, and, and do something. So uh, I'm going to look at that. Uh, I, I did pass uh, as a 
uh, an umpire grade one in when I was working in Hampshire quite a few years ago. So uh, I might see if I can dig that qualification out, although it's changed dramatically now anyway. And if they want somebody who's blind, who can't hear, I'm perfect for the job of an umpire. <laughs> It'll be the star attraction. They'll have the uh, <laughs> they'll have the biggest gates they've they've had for years. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it. I doubt oh, it. How exciting, though! So, will will you encourage will you encourage Hamilton to play cricket as well? Oh yes, yeah. As I say that um, uh, Harvey is a very good cricketer. Yeah. Uh, he plays for York, uh, and he, he's getting better and better every single year. Um, uh, uh, Harrison is a singer, so he doesn't really come into sport very much. He, he enjoys running around a bit, but he basically is uh, into music and things like that. And Hamilton, we're not sure which way he will go. Um, both boys will encourage him to do their specialities, I'm sure. But uh, he's just a delightful little fella, and uh, he's brought a lot of joy uh, to the whole household, especially during... The, you know the time he's been born with during the lockdown it's been awful yeah and um i saw some wonderful footage i don't know if it was on yours or on helen's instagram feed of him giggling when you'd gone out for a walk and and there's just something about a child's laughter isn't there to to, yeah, there to lift the spirits yeah. and can i just ask you because i know um it was it was in all the papers when you had made the decision to have hamilton but is that something that you will because uh, personally, we had a challenge having Oscar. That was a long journey. And I think that's something, another reflection of society these days, that uh, maybe women are older when they're deciding to have children or it's becoming more difficult. Is that something that you may look to champion and share your story as an inspiration? Well, we certainly do. And certainly my wife Helen mm -hmm. does, because one of the great joys that she's had from our journey, which is you've rightly pointed out, was a very complicated journey and not an easy one, um, was the reaction that she's had from people in a similar situation. Um, and we know of at least 12 to 15 ladies who've gone down the route and been successful at it, and as a direct result of what, uh, of what we wow. did. So that's been a very, very significant uh, factor for us to be able to say, well, you can do it as long as you're not prepared to give up. And it's been a, a difficult route. Uh, it's not uh, necessarily straightforward even after birth, but um, I, I, I think the joy that um, Hamilton's brought us is significant. And I know that that's been uh, reflected by you know, 12 to 15 families who've uh, got children for the first time in their lives and they're loving it. Isn't that just wonderful? Just from mm, sharing that. Yeah. And, yeah. and I yeah. think... Um... Sometimes it must be hard for somebody like yourself that is in the public eye to not share because you must want to keep a little bit back for yourself sometimes, but just by being able to share that and, and give people hope and inspiration. Yeah, that, that, that's what we've tried to do. Um, there is a, a downside to that. You've got a lot of people out there on social media who would like to have a go at you for your age and say nasty things about you, etc., etc. But uh, you've got to perhaps have a bit of a thick skin at times and realise, I'm afraid, that's social media. Uh, it's a great, great place to find lovely people, but there are also some creeps out there who really do make your blood turn and your skin crawl. It's, uh, it's one of those situations, really. It's a, you know, I, I think it needs to be tightened up. I don't think anybody should be anonymous anymore, but... You know, um, when you've got the President of the United <laughs> States uh, doing stupid things, then 
what can you say? If he, if he at the top is sending out um, tweets, then we've got a problem somewhere, haven't we? Absolutely, inciting violence like he has and realising the impact that that has. But I think there's that public impact it has. But again, having a 13-year-old in the house, and, and I know yours are, are, you know, you're older two are that bit older, but... It, you can't control it and you can't stop them being on there but just trying to educate them enough and I I truly believe that if you're a good person then you're not going to go far wrong but it is very very difficult with social media Mm. yeah it's peer pressure as well isn't it you know have you seen this site blah 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 have you just done this fortunately our boys have been very very good about it um and uh, they saw that uh, what I suffered when um, uh, I was trolled pretty badly and they uh, they took a view there that that's not what they wanted to be involved in. So they're not involved with with, with that form of social media. Uh, they're on what we call safe social media, if there is such a thing. Um, uh, we don't check them because they've grown up now to realise that you know, what the... Uh, what the benefits and what the disadvantages are uh, in equal measure at times. Uh, so we trust them uh, to be uh, sensible about what they do. And that's all you can hope for, really, Debbie, because you've got to hope that your young man, Oscar, can, can react in the same way. If you lead him properly, if parents set the right example, I'm sure that he will follow that, especially as he becomes more mature and realises what the um, pitfalls are as well as the disadvantages. <laughs> I think you've hit on something there that it's very much about children follow our lead rather than quite often they'll turn a deaf ear and they may not hear what we say but I think they're always watching us and and following our lead and um, for me that that's incredibly important as as a mum um, as a businesswoman however to to let him see that one of the things that um I talk a lot about with with my clients it is branding and personal branding and reputation and you're known as Mr Yorkshire and um, I just wonder how that how that sits with you and how you identify with that how how does that feel for you well it, it's a it's a great tribute to be known as that but I suppose that's been built over so many years I mean I love this county I do anything to uh, promote uh, the county and if anything bad happens to the county it's almost like it's uh, an assault on my person really I don't like to see it um, denigrated in any shape or form so um, uh, it's something that's just happened um, I, I'm president of various Yorkshire societies and vice president of this and uh, and it's, it's a great honour to, to be involved in that but um, I, I like Yorkshire particularly because I think the folk are down to earth um, uh, and it's, it's what I've really appreciated more than anything. They tell you as it is, um, as you will know, being from the other side of the Pennines, uh, Debbie, you know, you know exactly that. But, um, you know, uh, and I think it's just a great, great place to live. I can't think of living anywhere else, to be honest. Um, um, obviously, with, when the boys go away to university, uh, which they will do in September of this year, uh, it's going to be a different, quiet household, although one little lad there to, to, to keep us on our toes. But it's going to be strange without those two. Um, and I know that they will want to come back to Yorkshire. I know that because this is their home and they always will be. Um, 
and uh, I think that's something that I, if we if we got that through to them, then I've succeeded in something in my life. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I I always say I'm an adopt ad, ad, adopted Yorkshire woman now, and uh, <laughs> I don't say that when my dad's around though. As a cricket as a cricket <laughs> fan, uh, I might get uh, excommunicated from that the, from the family, <laughs> but um. I mean, we've 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 touched on your sort of career. Um, who have been the people that have inspired you over the years? Who have been the people that um, have really stood out for you, Harry? Yeah, I've been very lucky actually because my career has been so wide. Uh, I've had the the joy of working regionally for uh, obviously all my life, but I've also worked on network television as well, and I met some great people there. Um, I, I was. Uh, really inspired by David Coleman, um, one of the great broadcasters. Uh, he he became a bit of a mentor for me, gave me some advice, uh, and I was a great pal of Des Lynham. Um, and Des, oh, excuse me, my headphone just fallen off. Bear with me. That's okay. I'll pick that up in a second. You see, if we were in person, that wouldn't happen, would it? <laughs> <laughs> there we are. Yeah, um, yeah. I was a great. Uh, I became a great pal of Des Lynham and he, he again mentored me a great deal and I managed to do uh, present Grandstand a few times when he was uh, on holiday and I loved doing that because it was just part and parcel of being involved with uh, the very very best in, in the business so I, I liked him I've always had a very strong affection for Michael Parkinson mm -hmm. we've had a good uh, friendship over the years um, uh, Will you be uh, watching the cricket with Parky? Well, you never know. You never know. I hope so. I hope he's uh, he's going to be. He'd be at Lords. He's got a, his own box at yeah. Lords, um, and I, I think he'll be there at some point in the summer. And Dicky, of, of course, Dicky Bird, my old mate, he'll, he'll definitely be there. He'll, he'll go anywhere for a free lunch with Dicky. So uh, we look forward to that. And uh, but th those are the ones who sort of stand out to, uh, in many ways. But uh, I've also, you know, I've worked with some great colleagues at work, and I've got immense. Uh, appreciation of the people I've worked with there, the the producers, the uh, uh, editors, and all of the correspondents. They are you know, there's no weak link at Look North, and that's the good thing about it. And uh, you know, I look back on that and think, wow, I've been very privileged to have worked with such wonderful people, and that will forever, forever be in me for as long as I'm alive. It'll always be the fact that I can look back and think I gave everything to Look North absolutely everything, um, cancelled holidays as you alluded to before, uh, caused problems at home by working when I should have been doing you know, something else, um, but it's been my life and now is the time just to turn it off completely, that side of it anyway, and do something else. Were there ever any moments that you really had to sort of pinch yourself and think, wow, you know? Yeah, quite a few, yeah. Uh, I, I think probably um, getting the MBE mm -hmm. um, from Prince Charles was the greatest moment. Uh, I can't imagine uh, uh, how that even happened now, but that was, that was a fantastic moment when the whole family went down to experience that. I went to a Camp Bastion in mm -hmm. Afghanistan uh, a few weeks before it was actually closed down. Uh, a moving experience that in every sense of, uh, of the word, I, I loved I loved working uh, uh, there with the team that went out there. We did a, a fantastic film as well, three or four films actually, about life uh, at the very edge um, of the Afghanistan uh, campaign. Very moving, that, that for me. Um, 
and some of the great events I've, I've been lucky all the Olympic Games I've been to uh, World Cups uh, Wimbledon uh, golf championships you know I look back on all of them and I think the first one was probably the most poignant for me which was Seoul mm -hmm. um, when I, I, I really was part of a fantastic team that was when Des was at his best David Coleman was the athletics commentator we used to go on running together every day actually it was a lovely uh, lovely moment that and um, uh, I worked with some great people and um, yeah I look back on that and think was that did that really happen yeah. this is what you think back when you're now 70 and I think did I really achieve that yeah, I, I and, can see uh, the pleasure in your face as you yeah, you, you yeah, look back so. at that and I get the impression that that working as a unit, as a team on those, because sometimes mm. you'll be away from home again, you know, I, I understand that, but you'll be away from home at times and that camaraderie seems to be something that uh, you really thrived on. Yeah, it was teamwork. It's all to do with teamwork. Um, we used to go away uh, for sort of 19 days um, for the Olympics uh, and we played hard. Uh, we worked very, very hard uh, and it was a great team was that. We worked you work 14, 16 hours a day when the games are underway. It's, it, it's, it's something that I will never, ever forget. It's been part of a, uh, of a wonderful team there. And the, the demands that are expected from you are quite simple. I mean, I, I came from regional television, but they weren't bothered about that. Mm -hmm. You're on network, lad. You, you do network standard broadcasts, and that's what we did. And, um, um, and I think that's the time when you realise that uh, the team behind you are very very important because you can only get there with their help yeah and how in a i mean there must be some days you know you always turn up on you or you were always on the screen and you were in people's living rooms and you did it for 40 years how did you keep that enthusiasm well i was always known as the the first person to ring um uh, the news desk in the morning i always did it uh up until recently actually until maybe the last few months of me working there i didn't um because of the COVID situation, but I always used to ring at eight o'clock on the dot uh, to the producer and say, right, where am I going today? What's my story today? And increasingly, as a presenter, uh, you don't go out very much these days. Mm. And that was something that I was rather sad about mm. because I used to like going and doing a story myself and coming back and editing it, etc., etc. Um, uh, that got less and less. You're becoming more compartmentalised now as a presenter. Mm you represent it rather than anything else um, and uh, the enthusiasm that I had never wavered in that regard mm. I don't really think I can honestly say I ever turned down anything I was offered mm. Mm. I might have said oh do you think that's a good idea to do that one and we talked about it but if somebody said no that's the one I want you to go to today I want you to go to Sheffield I want you to go to um, Scarborough anywhere uh, to do this story because we think it might make a good piece I used to go I used to love it and once you lose that enthusiasm that then's the time to realize that you're not really you, know, you shouldn't really be there because there's so many young people there who want your job anyway absolutely and I think those opportunities I'm a big believer in taking the opportunities in life and you never know when that, where that story, who you will meet on that story in Scarborough, do you? And I know I've read some of the things that you've written in, that have been written in the paper and quoted, and you've often said that some of the highlights have been actually the the ordinary people that you've met, not the Dalai Lama or you know. Oh yeah. And yeah. Um, and it's those people I would have thought that have really got a place in your heart as well. 
Oh, that, well, totally. And this is why I was saying to you about you being part of this um, broadcasting family. Uh, the best broadcasts you do are the ones where you meet the local heroes, the ones who, you know, are just characters, are just passionate about what they're talking about, who get angry because they're angry because they want to be angry about something. Uh, and that's very important, really, as far as uh, I'm concerned, to be able to give them a voice. And long may that continue, because that's the strength of uh, Look North, uh, that the, the people who live in the patch are the ones who count more than anything. Your flashy graphics help, your flashy this, flashy that, but the truth of the matter is, if you get a good person who can talk with passion, with humour, with sincerity, they're worth a million. They really are. It's interesting you say that. And um, again, maybe it's because of, of my husband's uh, involvement, it, you know, it, as a broadcaster. But we've been watching um, a television programme this last couple of weeks. I don't know if you've seen it called Winter Walks. And it's it's a very it's literally a presenter. So they've had Simon Armitage on. Uh, Reverend Richard Coles, uh, Selena Scott, and they literally send them out in Yorkshire on a Yorkshire walk with a 3D <laughs> camera and a microphone and a drone. So there isn't any production, really. I mean, there is a lot of production behind the scenes, but it is so, so simple, and it's quite brave television in some ways, in mm. that it is so pared back. But Paul was saying, gosh, how refreshing to watch this rather than the overproduced, heavy music, flashy mm. graphics. Well, one of the things I always wanted the BBC to do, and they, they never did, um, was I used to say to them, why don't we just go completely ad-lib after the serious news? You can't ad-lib serious news. So in other words, at quarter to seven, ten to seven, why don't you just let the presenters just talk into a link, just try it for a week, mm. see if it works, um, uh, and become more chatty. Because the successful television these days are the uh, presenters who appear that they are not referring to a script. Yeah. Um, and nobody took me seriously on that, they wouldn't do it. Um, and it's a shame really because I think you'd have got a lot more yeah. uh, from everybody if you could have just said, right, these are the key phrases that we want you to mention uh, into the link, chat about the item between the two of you and get into it and just see how it goes. And you know, maybe that's the future, maybe that will be the future of television. But what you're saying about the walk seems to at least have been an attempt to do something different something away from the norm and I think we've got to look at that. The BBC and regional news generally has got to look at how it can move into the next sphere of its development because it's not, uh, you know, people of that out there have got so many different options to watch now as far as television is concerned and you need to be providing something different. Just a thought. Yeah, absolutely and it's, it's that again the introduction of smartphones social media the technology is improving but it, it it and it opens up opportunities but it brings its challenges with it as well doesn't it and i know as um you know as a journalist uh, you know being married to a journalist paul will say you're taught as a journalist that you back up your fact you know you make you, you have your story but you back it up with evidence and you mm. have to make sure it's credible and he said the biggest challenge now on social media is everybody's a journalist and they all have a story and they're putting it out there and and that that uh, pull is very very different these days mm. Yeah, it is indeed, and I think uh, it, it, it keeps us on our toes as well, but I think 
Um, trusted news is still the most important as far as I'm concerned uh, and I think the BBC is still the most trusted source even if we are being whacked um, at the moment in a number of rather um, embarrassing places um, we do get it wrong yeah. uh, from time to time we just need to get it sorted now and I wish the new DG all the very best with that because he's got a massive challenge he really has yeah yeah so you've you've talked about I saw um, you mentioned your charities uh, that you, you're supporting and you've also mentioned um, your your son's singing talents but I saw the fabulous thing I think uh, you're pl perhaps underplaying your own musical talents as well because <laughs> no, <I'm not. laughs> um, some features on Instagram over Christmas tell me about that well that was that was strange that that really was strange because when I uh, left the BBC, um, uh, a gentleman called Steve Rosenberg, who's the BBC's Moscow correspondent, um, uh, contacted me to say, oh, you know, I wish you all the very best, Harry, blah, 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 it's been a privilege. And I thought, well, how do you know me? You know, because obviously you're in the in the stratosphere of uh, world uh, world politics. And here I am in little old Yorkshire. And he said, no, I was... Uh, I was at Leeds University and I watched you all, all of my, you know, my young life and uh, I just wanted to say what, 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 a, what, a, you know, what a privilege it is to be able to talk to you. And we said, okay, well, let's go one stage further. And um, he said, why don't we do a song for children in need? Um, and I said, well, I can't sing, but my son's quite good. And his, Steve is an incredible pianist. I mean, he's just an amazing pianist and he's got, his son is a, um, an incredible violinist. So between us, we put together this um, uh, Michael Bublé, um, in <laughs> Michael Bublé edition of White Christmas, uh, and it, it went very well. Hundreds of people looked at it. We've made quite a few. You know, we made a quite. A few, I don't know what the final figure was, but I think we made about a thousand pounds in the end, and um, it was great. You know, just a bit of fun. Um, we edited it at our end and Steve and his son did it at, in Moscow over Christmas and uh, it was great. It was a, a wonderful, wonderful, silly thing to do. Oh, it was an absolute joy. I think you're playing it down. <laughs> it was uh, really quite uh, impressive. The uh, musical genes are obviously uh, running through the Gratian family. <laughs> yeah, not with me, they're not, but they are with Harrison. He's great. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Well, I really appreciate your time today Harry um, it, it's been super to chat to you and I know that uh, we're missing you on the screens and I'm sure many many people are um, throughout the county um, so what do the what does the next 12 months cricket golf yeah I think mainly uh, I, I've got one or two things that I'm going to be doing um, and, and they will they'll uh, come about in the next few few weeks months are all being well um, uh, but I, I, I think it's going to be broadcasting that I want to do rather than have to do as I don't really need uh, I don't need to work in that in that sense I don't need to be on television or recognized or anything like that but there's a couple of things that I'm going to be doing I'm certainly going to be doing lots with uh, local firms that uh, have asked me to to join them to do to help out with interviews and that kind of thing um, and uh, we'll see how that how, how that develops uh, uh, in the next year or so. But in truth, if I can just earn a few quid, get myself a little holiday money, that'll do me nicely. Thank you very much indeed. That's all I want to do. Oh, that's super. Well, thank you so much. And um, 
enjoy the time with Hamilton. Enjoy the time with uh, the the other two as well. And uh, even though they're working for exams, I'm sure you're getting some downtime as well during. Uh... Yeah, we have we have some fun. We have some fun. That's yeah, brilliant. Thank you. Pleasure, Deborah. Nice to talk to you. you've enjoyed today's conversation and I'd love you to join in the conversation as well. The best way to do that is through social media and I can be found at Instagram and Twitter at do underscore impact. If you'd like to sign up for my newsletter or learn more about my monthly membership, The Impact Club, please visit the website at deborahogden.com. enjoyed this episode of on brand with i would so appreciate it if you would rate review and subscribe it helps other people know we exist thanks for tuning in and i'll see you on the next episode thanks for listening to on brand with it was hosted by deborah ogden and produced by me anthony short this has been a short stories production (laughs) 